All right, we're back. You ready to talk a little college basketball, Daniel? I'm born ready for this. All right, so I'm going to bring up something we'd never prepped for because I didn't know this was a thing until about 25 minutes ago. So, right now, Holy Cross and Boston University are finishing up the game. But you know, it's Holy Cross and Boston University. You don't think there's anything special about this game. But it's ridiculous because both these teams are wearing a mask while they play. And I just feel so bad for the players. How do you keep that on your face? You're literally Dude. running around. Okay, so I saw this on Twitter and I thought it was fake. And I was like, okay, this is not real. There's fake, no way they're making these kids wear a mask while they're running up and down the court because I'd be miserable for them. So I went to ESPN Plus and I watched a few minutes of the game. They were actually wearing masks. And um, Holy Cross was full court pressing. In masks. <laughs> Dude, these kids have to be miserable. I mean, wearing a mask in general is uncomfortable, but I've never tried running while running up full speed playing a Division One basketball game. I feel I I don't want this to become a thing. I feel like this is going to be like a a really big like New York Times story. Like, oh my God, this is how the people are adjusting to the pandemic. But I just don't understand. A, it's a close game, and I think there's a reason why it's a close game because nobody can score. We um, and both these teams suck. I mean, it's Holy Cross and Boston University. Yeah, Boston University is... Ugh. Um, but I, I I, feel bad because imagine playing any other sport. Imagine playing football in a mask. Imagine playing volleyball in a mask. Imagine playing tennis in a mask. Yeah. It's just... It's just... They're good for protecting you when you're doing your day-to-day stuff, like going to the grocery store, but you cannot play a basketball game in a mask. It does not work for the kids. I I know it doesn't it, it doesn't like take away any oxygen or anything, but it's still so weird wearing it and like it can it can affect your mind too. It's probably just un, it's probably just more just uncomfortable for them when they're already breathing heavy and running up down the court wearing it more than anything. But all right, let's move on into the other big NCAA story, which is the bubble hosted in our state, our hometown. I love this. I wish I could attend games. It would be amazing. I mean, I just think that's so cool that they're doing a big tournament in Indiana since Indiana is basketball state. Indiana loves basketball. Well, they're also doing it because the NCAA is headquartered in Indianapolis. Well, yeah, but Indiana and Indiana basketball just go together. Come on, man. Hoosiers. Oh, come on. There's a movie Hoosiers. You've seen the movie Hoosiers, right? I've seen my mom forces me to watch that probably every month. Good. Just checking. That is a, that is a must-watch movie. Good. I've also been forced to watch it by my parents a bunch of times, but it's fantastic. It's just one of the best sports movies of all time. All right. So now moving on to some actual storylines. I think we underrated Texas, man. Texas sent a message this weekend Texas when they beat Kansas by fuck. 25. So they beat They're Kansas so by 25 points. <laughs> In Lawrence. In Lawrence. How do you, how do you not love that? I, their only loss is at home to the now number three Villanova Wildcats. So I that they're playing so well. I mean, so when fun. they when they beat the hell shit out of Indiana, beating us by twenty two, I was like, okay, we just. I blamed suck. it on us. I blamed it yeah. on us. I was like, oh, we we just suck. I think Texas is just good. Honestly, I think I Texas think, is just good. I think Texas is. They're, they might run away with the Big 12 this year. I mean, if you look at it, how many Big 12 teams are ranked this year? You got Baylor, you got Texas, you got Kansas, just in the top 10. 
Then besides for that, let's see. Um, I know Texas Tech is somewhere. Yeah, there's Texas, Texas Tech, Tech is eighteen. West Virginia. That's for five. They have they have a lot of teams. But okay, while that is while that's true, so I think West Virginia fell out of the rankings, did they? No, West Virginia is fourteen. Fourteen, okay. Um, The Big Ten still reigns supreme with two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in the top twenty-five. But I think one of the biggest stories is the downfall of the ACC. (coughs) Yeah, ACC sucks this year. Because what they have, they have. They have three teams at 19, 19, and 21. They've won at 22. They have five teams ranked right now. And, yeah, but none of them higher than eight than 19. I mean, I agree, but let's just talk about this for a second, too, to give them some credit. If you When you take the three of the power, the three power five teams who are actually good at basketball, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, that accounts for 17 of your 25, top 25 teams right now. There are eight teams outside of those three conferences ranked. It's Gonzaga. It is Creighton. It is Houston. It is Missouri. It is Missouri is the only SEC team ranked, right? Yeah. Yeah, they are. It is Oregon. Then you've got um, St. Louis. And I'm missing one more somewhere. Past the- oh, Gonzaga. You already, I think you already said Gonzaga. I don't know. I missed one somewhere. We yeah. gonna, are you going to say you forgot Gonzaga? <laughs> there are a lot of teams ranked, and it is absurd. Unless I miscounted. Yeah, there's just a lot of teams ranked in these two conferences. So even though they're not as good as they usually are, they're still pretty good. I mean, yeah, I think you have these. You have this holy trinity of of, of conferences, and like uh, like doing amazing. But I think it's I think it's more impressive that you have these like one or two teams from random conferences that end up doing really well. I don't understand how Gonzaga became the best team in the nation. I'm their not coach. <laughs> their, their, their coach who, who probably won't stay in at Gonzaga for that much longer. But I mean, I thought, I thought that for like five or six years, to be quite honest with you, Gonzaga has been a top five program for a while now. He just doesn't want to Gonzaga's leave. always been good at basketball, though. They've always been good, but he's brought them to number one in the nation. I mean, the thing is, I think he likes being a smaller conference, but there's no pressure, and just beating up on everybody. Yeah, I think I think he has stress maybe for twice like twice a year, like during one or two good preseason games, and then the NCAA tournament. And you're yeah. like, okay, I'll just go win that. Because imagine if he was coach of, again, all across the world to this guy. I just think he likes the no. I'm actually giving him a compliment. I agree with him. I think he just likes the less pressure job of coaching Gonzaga because then you could end up like Tom Herman at Texas where you do everything right in the season. You win your bowl game, your top 25 team, you have a winning record, and you still get canned. I, that, that, that's what sucks, but it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, okay, but also, I speaking on – can I tell you a really interesting Big Ten basketball stat that I, that I have just found out? Do share. So doing my own research, not not through Twitter, doing my own research, um, every single team in the Big Ten, except for Indiana and Nebraska, has beaten a top 25 team. Woo, go Hoosiers! I think that's really interesting, even though, but again, you have, that, that says a lot about the conference, but that also says a lot about the teams in the conference, but too. So like, but here's yeah. the thing. 
Here's what I think. That makes me think this even more. I was going to say this. The biggest problem for the Big Ten and the Big 12 is going to be you have to play each other eventually, and you're going to eat each other up. So right now, while there's a lot of dominant teams in both this, at the end of it in the Big 12, you're only going to see Texas and Kansas. Texas, Kansas, and Baylor standing, the three of them, because they're just going to beat the hell out of everyone else. I think the, the, and, most, the most interesting thing about these heavy conferences is like I'm gonna say like all like uh, the, the the like all the teams that aren't good in the Big Ten are probably Penn State, Nebraska, and Maryland. Us. In Indiana's two and two now. I mean they're they're not great. They have to get, get some statement wins. But every other of those eleven teams who are going to probably make the tournament regardless, I think it's really interesting to see how. Uh, just how, how the rankings continue to fluctuate throughout the year because Northwestern was 19 last week and then they had to go play Iowa and Michigan and lost both those games by a lot but they still were, were better teams and then they dropped out of the rankings and we're gonna see we're gonna see the same thing with Rutgers who's 15 now but just lost to Iowa and it goes down and then we saw Ohio State who was 20 and odd like 20 or so but exactly that's the thing it's gonna be the same thing in the big 12. it's gonna be Once so these teams hard have for to start playing each other. They're going to start eating each other up, and it's going to cause an issue because you all can't be good. Someone has to be the odd man out here. Well, exactly. So you see all these teams who were on the cusp between 20 and 30. Like IU could put, could potentially be that if they have a few good wins. But it's so hard for these teams to most likely probably get up to a top, let's say, four or five seed in the Big Ten in the NCAA tournament. Because you're going to have a tw- potentially a 12-8 and eight record or maybe a 14-6 and six, six record in the Big Ten could win it. So, and six losses in the Big Ten is a lot. Ooh, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I got a little distracted for a second there, but I'll mention why I got distracted a little bit later. But, yeah, the Big Ten and the Big 12 are going to eat each other up, and it's going to – I mean, a bunch of them will still make the tournament, obviously – but it's going to cause for a lot of these rankings to fluctuate every week because we're going to see teams on the rise. And eventually, let's be honest here, eventually Indiana will be one of these teams who shows up in the rankings for a week and then gets their shit kicked in because that's what happens every year with Archie Miller as the coach. Well, yeah, because um, one of the most interesting things, I guess, let me see, um, of IU's remaining 16 games, there are one, two, three... Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games. So IU has five games left in their in their season that aren't against ranked teams, and those those not ranked teams are Nebraska, Purdue, Northwestern, Ohio State, and Purdue again. And yeah, those I are think tough Purdue... games. IU could IU could maybe only win one game left in their season, but. I think Purdue's missing Matt Harms a little bit right now, but they're they're still good. They're they're still falling out. That's true, but yeah. So college basketball again, we're still kind of getting to the point where games start to matter more and more because now that we're really getting into the swing of conference play, we really see who's real and who's not in their conferences. Because I mean, it's, again, except for Gonzaga, we all know they're real and their conference just sucks. 
Because again, right now, when you look at a team in the top, let's look at a team like Creighton. Let's look at let's look Creighton at Iowa. And... Iowa, I think, is going to be struggling here in a few in a few weeks. Sure, that's a better example. I, I know we talk a lot about the Big Ten, so let's mix it up. Iowa had, but here's the thing: is Iowa's not had a tough non-conference, but I mean, they played Gonzaga, only lost by eleven. They beat UNC. They beat Iowa State. So UNC is no longer power ranked. UNC is no that's longer true. ranked. But they're at least playing Power 5 teams. I was going to look at Creighton because, I mean, the Big East is good, not great. But, again, they have a lot of good teams. But if you look at Creighton, they didn't really have that tough of a schedule in their top 10. And they've had some losses in the Big East. What about Houston? Already. What about Houston? Houston is, again, it's the same thing. They're a good team, but we don't really know how good they're going to be because their conference isn't that good. They lost to Tulsa by one, which is a bad loss. They're still ranked. And, again, if you look at it, they don't play another ranked team because no one else in the American is really a basketball school. Yeah, yeah, it's like like you like UCF isn't going to go claim basketball national championships. Yeah, it might as well. Might as well. Might. Let UCF claim whatever they want. UCF deserves it. <laughs> They're the good boys of the of the NCAA. Yeah, UCF. Oh, I'm an idiot. I apologize to all our fans. I cannot believe I glossed over this. Missouri is not the only ranked team in the SEC. I forgot about Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee's good. Yeah. I, Tennessee's number nine in the country right now. I cannot believe I missed them. Uh, I can't believe you. Um, but I, Yeah, no, that's, that's my bad. But I, I did hear that you had some MLB news. I did. I do. This is a short thing. I do want to talk about this. So I'm a big Boston Red Sox fan. And it became a fish. So I've heard this as a rumor for a while, but again, you see it on Twitter. You don't know if it's true or not. It became official earlier today. The Boston Red Sox hired someone by the name of Bianca. I, I think I'm pretty sure her name is. I want to double check her name real quick. It's Bianca Smith. She got hired to be a minor league coach who's going to work with the player. Excuse me, the player development team in Florida, and she's the first African American woman to ever be hired as a coach. In the in professional baseball, hell yes, that's awesome. Yeah, so I just wanted to mention that real quick because I think it's a great story for getting more women in the professional sports and getting more diversity in sports. I think one of the one of the main things about women and the MLB is that everybody says that baseball and softball are completely different sports, and yes, you pitch differently. Outside of that, it's not that much different, and. I, the difference, well, the biggest difference is not even in the pitching; it's in the ball size. Oh, the ball size too. But I think it, you're. All, it's also coming from a lot faster, so like the the reaction time is still the same. It's yeah. So the biggest difference is, I think the fields are pretty similar dimensions. I don't know the actual dimensions of a softball field. Softball field. So I'm not. It's shorter. It's like two. It's like one ninety five on the sides, and it's not that something. much shorter. Like it's still pretty far. It's still pretty. Homers are still pretty big, but the thing is, your mound's closer. And you're pitching because with the pitching motion inside your ball, they come in at a better velocity and it's harder to hit. Like I'll give them that. It's a so it's a little different sport. So I get that part. But I mean, again, it's going to be a similar thing as you see in the NFL and the NBA. You may not get players, but you're going to get a lot of coaches. Yeah, I, you know, maybe maybe some umpires too. There's women rats. Why not some umpires? Yeah, I think that could definitely be a thing. Um, and I think it's just so interesting. How it... So I'm gonna be completely sorry. I'm gonna interrupt for one second. I'm gonna be completely honest. I don't actually know what her job is because the article does not. 
the articles I read about it does not actually specify what her job is, but she is going to be working with the minor, one of the minor league organizations in Florida and with player development. That I know. Okay. But so I know she was a hitting coach in college. I mean, also, it's pretty cool that uh, she's going to be helping, like, develop the players. I mean, because that, that yeah. means that, that she knows her shit. Like, she's not going to be doing, like, finance or something or, or whatever. She's going to be, like, developing these young players, and we might see it in the next few years if she's good at it. <laughs> no, you're right. It's a great thing. I just don't know. I was just more trying to figure out what her exact job is. And, I mean, this is more on the MLB than anything. No, it's definitely not her fault, obviously. This is more on the MLB. When you get to the minor league system, there's so many teams and so many different positions, things get lost. And not telling your actual position was a mistake, in my opinion. Jesus. Uh, whatever. But All right. So I think it's, that was just a quick MLB story I wanted to cover. You want to talk a little, uh, little NBA? I'd love to talk a little NBA. So, again, we're still in the early stage of the season, so it's kind of boring right now. But one thing that's really sticking out to me is – Suns out, guns out. Suns out, guns out. Number one Suns podcast in Indiana. I'm letting you know that right now. I mean, if you look at the game, so if you look at the Pacific Division right now, again, I know people have played seven games. You have three of the best. You have the three second best records in the NBA. Only had the six years in that one little division. You have the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Suns all at five and two. And then Jazz at four and two. Yeah. There are a lot of good teams, and I mean, oh, sorry, the Jazz are in the uh, Northwestern Conference. Ah, uh, okay, wait. So it's so the the Pacific Conference is entirely California, and then the Suns. It's the Lakers, okay. the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Kings. All right, yeah, I had that. I had that wrong. I was looking at the wrong thing. Um, yeah, you're good. You're good. But I, look at what you have, you have: the Clippers at one, Suns at two, Lakers at three. Yeah, all in the all in the Western Conference. And then you have Golden State at six. People are counting out Golden State this year. They're gonna have a great. They're they're great this year, considering the circumstances. It's they're still or they're gonna be good. They just obviously aren't gonna be. They might make as the good as they might make the playoffs. But the problem is they're not gonna be as good as they would would have with Clay, obviously. And I mean, they do have a tougher schedule coming up. Yeah, back to back games against the Clippers this week. You got the Raptors, and then next week you got the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Suns. That's a tough stretch. That's a really tough stretch for them. Okay, so I'm I, I I was thinking about this earlier today, and I wanted to start a new segment with you each week in the NBA. Uh, so okay. it's called "Made It or or Broke," like basically like "Make It or Break It." So who is your team that made it this week, and who's your team that got broke this week? So who impressed you? Wow. Who impressed you, and then who kind of started to fall off? Well, okay, that's a tough question because I mean. There's one specific player I want to say made it because he's gone off the last two days, but the team – I don't want to say the team's made it. Steph Curry. So, <laughs> no, well, I was going to say Steph Curry, and I was also going to say Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's balling out, yeah. Jason Tatum dropped 40 last night, and then on the day before, he had a double-double and almost a triple-double. So I was going to say him, but okay, so a team I think made it that I don't think enough people are appreciating – is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm going to give them a shout-out here. They lost a toss. I mean, they've only played one game this year. Actually, no, I changed that. I thought they played more games last week. I'm not ready for this. I have to research on the fly here, Daniel. <laughs> I pulled it out on you. All right. A team that made it, I'm going to give it to them. They deserve the love because they get too much hate. New York Knicks. The Knicks aren't sucking. 
They beat last week. They beat or since our last recording, I said they beat the Pacers and they beat the Hawks. Those are two good wins. This team isn't as bad as everyone expected. They deserve some love. And then my team that fell flat again. I'm gonna stick in the Eastern Conference, and I'm gonna say it's the Toronto Raptors. They've been they're one in five. Who they had much higher expectations coming into the year, and I mean they got a beat down from the Celtics last night. They have, they lost to the Pelicans earlier in the week, which is a good team of Zion Williamson. But you cannot be losing to your division rival by twelve and being down twenty plus at multiple points in the game. Because none of their games are really that close either. It's it's like seven, twelve, fourteen, five. Like yeah, they lose. They're not losing they on last second shots. Games. They're like losing basketball games. They're, okay, so if we look at it again, East fans make this difficult for me. I don't know what's preseason and what's not. Their closest loss of the season, including the preseason, is four points. So they're 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 not doing great. <laughs> yeah, they're struggling a little bit. So that's my make it. That's my break it. Who are yours this so week? So my my make it this week. Uh, I'm I'm just gonna say it. The Phoenix Suns. You have to. As, as well, yeah, I don't. You know. Can't all be with the Suns. Maybe it was just another team. So pretend love. Okay, fine. Pretend love for another team. I'm going to say my pretend love is for the Indiana Pacers. Pacers are playing really well. They had a bad loss early in the year to the Knicks, and then they lost another one to the Celtics by by five. So they lost both their games by four and five, and then beat every other team by 14, 19, got a got a. The interesting thing about their loss is that they lost the Knicks and lost the Celtics, but then they also beat the Celtics by one and then beat the Knicks by 14. So it's, it, they got both, they basically revenged both their losses, which is not, not too bad. They just lost and then won another game. And they actually beat the Celtics by one first and then lost by five the next uh, night. But still. They played, yeah, they played the Celtics back to back games on a Sunday and a Tuesday mm. in a home and home series. They won the first one by one, then lost the second one by five. Uh, but still, you got the right point. But there. but still, like you're you're not losing to teams more than twice. Uh, and then yeah. my my break it is the Houston Rockets. I was watching the Rockets game yesterday, and I know they're two and three. They're they but they looked dysfunctional. Uh, they seem like they they have James Harden and they have John Wall, and they're playing they're playing great. But their only two wins of the year came against the Kings, and that's not saying a lot. They lost the Trailblazers, Nuggets, and Mavericks. I don't want to give them a tag on what they are yet because you got to remember, they haven't had a lot of time to practice or play together since there was the COVID issue with their team and Wall. Wall's only played three games this year, again, both two of them against the Kings, but at least they're on the right track. Since Wall came back, they play the Pacers tomorrow. So tomorrow. on January sixth, and it'll be really interesting to see how they come out in that game because they looked very lackluster. They started out really poor against the Mavericks. The Mavericks are a good team; they're not great. Uh, but though I think the Mavs are very underrated. The, the Mavs are still three and four this year. Uh, good, but you got Luca carrying a team right now. Eventually. They get Kristaps back, and some other players will start picking up. you got to remember with the Mavericks right now, Lucas, their leader in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. Eventually, someone will pick up the pace and help Luca out a little bit. You, you hope. But, yeah, those are my make it and break it for the – Just – I like this, but just statistically speaking here, eventually uh, the odds and everything – 
Somebody has to help Luke out. He can't be the leader all season. Only Le- only LeBron James can do that. <laughs> Even LeBron, that's tough because someone's going to gain the rebounds on shots you miss. Uh, I mean, I guess yeah, <laughs> he might miss some. All right, now Daniel, it's time for our last topic. Back to our roots. The drop a tennis. We start off with the tennis podcast. We're now full sports podcast, and it's tennis season once again. We got the ATP Dari Beach this week, and you got the WTA Abu Dhabi Women's Tennis Open this week. And the world is back to normal. Oh my guys, now I got tennis again. I I I've, I have missed tennis. So that's what I got a little distracted by a few minutes ago. Is opening odds for a couple matches came out, and I was looking at them. Um, I'm looking at the Delray Beach draw right now. And let me pull it up. So I'm only looking at odds. I'm only looking at odds on a sports book, and that doesn't really help. I'm looking at big matchups. Um, on Sebastian Corda getting a main draw, or at least a wild card. No, he got a main draw bid to the Delray Beach again. He's playing Su Sunwoon Kwan. I looks like, and he's played him head to head before. I think. Have you seen the draw for the ATP Cup too? Speaking of which, I'm just looking at that. Who made it? I I have not seen it yet. I saw that the the headline. so while you're looking at that, I'm going to tell you the, everyone the teams that made it. The 12 countries for the ATP Cup are Serbia, Spain, Austria, so that's team. Russia, so that's Greece, Germ Germany, Argentina. Is Delpo, is Delpo playing? Maybe. I think Delpo is going to play for Argentina, Italy, Japan, Nishikori. France, Canada. I mean, there's a lot, a lot from Canada. Oh, Canada, and then Australia, of course. Australia. Um, sad there's no U.S., but that's not really expected. Um, yeah, obviously. So if you're looking at, so here I'm looking at the teams right now. So Delpo's not playing for Argentina. It's Schwartzman, Paya, Horacio Zabayos, is... and Maxim, Maxim Gonzalez. Okay, so that's a really bad team. I mean, you got Schwartzman. Schwartzman's so fine, but he's not going to a little bit. Schwartzman's going to be playing all the one guys. He's he's going to be getting ready for the Australian Open. So if I'm looking at, I'm looking at it right now too. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry I turned up for this, but this is way more important than anything we're going to say of the national tragedy that happened with Team Australia. What happened with Kyrgios? Is he not playing? He's not on That's the bullshit. team. It's it's Damon Yuar, Millman, John Piers, and Luke Sutton. They suck. How would you mind Moe Nick Kyrgios not make the They're team? They're so bad. That's ridiculous. They're so bad. That is not right. So yeah. Okay, so that was a little that was a little TP talk. So but yeah, we got the ATP Dari Beach this week. And then as that's one of your warm-ups besides the ATP Cup for the upcoming Australian Open, which is usually in a week or two, but it got pushed, pushed back, back a month. February first yeah. this year. Yeah. Oh, uh, so or sorry, that's the TB Cup. The Australian Open's on February eighth. Yeah. So yeah. So Australian Open got pushed back about a month, maybe a little bit more. Um, do you see anything interesting, or do you want me to maybe say some big names? Are you looking at the draw right now for Delray Beach or? I am about to pull it up. I got very distracted by the ATP Cup. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, obviously the big name, I haven't really looked at it one quarter. I mean, 
the big name I see is Garin. I think Chris. I don't know how Christian Garin got so good. He kind of just snuck up there, just out of nowhere. He's twenty four. I don't. I don't remember him ever making a huge run. There's a lot of Americans in this, which I like to see. Well, it's it's based in America. Well, yeah, but I mean, we usually suck. We do usually suck. I. I, I think mean, Christian Garin's if you look over, at that though, Christian we have... Garin's overrated, especially on hard courts. His his hardcore results was he lost first round of of Cincinnati, beat you Ulysses Blanche in five, and then lost to Kushkin in five. Um, you gotta remember though, this is such he's a one of those weird good clay players. At the Australian Open, he beat Stefano Travaglia and then lost to Milos in three sets. Like he's not great. He lost all. Yeah. He played in the ATP Cup last year and lost to Gail Monfils, Kevin Anderson, and Novak Djokovic. Again, he didn't win a match. Okay, but I mean, losing to Monfils, Anderson, and Djokovic, not not something. I guess this is also. I guess this is also still a a, a two fifty tournament. I think it's annoying that he's the one seed though. But I mean, if you look at the rest of the competitors, kind of makes sense. I, I see mean, Isner winning. You this. got queer. I actually do not see Isner wearing this. I think he's going to lose. This. I think he's going to lose to Tommy Ball. That's my hot take. Hot take of the week. Um, I think that the winner is going to be a different American, Tiafo. and that is one Francis Tiafo. He is. I think this is going to be the year he really breaks out, and it'll be his best year on Pro Tour. He's still twenty two. Like, he, yeah, he's only twenty two. He and he. Okay, he's about to be 23. He turns 23 later this month. But, I mean, that's still very, very young. Because I'm looking at, at every other American. Noah Rubin hasn't done much ever. He's just getting pity wild cards. Um, I didn't see. Oh, yeah, there he is. Sam, Sam Query's probably going to lose to Garin. Um, maybe he gets through. Sam Query's going to lose first round to McKenzie oh, Donald. Mackie. I love Mackie. I love, Mackie's good. He's he's gonna be a good pro. He'll end up, he won't be like a major winner, but he'll be a top hundred. He, he'll get to top hundred. He'll he'll have a living at some point in his life. Again, he's only twenty. He, again, he's twenty five, and he's had some injuries. He's another player who could make runs easily. He just needs to kind of get. A you know guy. who I think is gonna come out of nowhere? Brandon who? Nakashima. I knew you were gonna say that. I knew I was gonna say that too. He's he's gonna be I good. He's gonna be. He just he won a challenger last week or like last, a couple months ago. He beat the dude is nineteen and he's already pretty high up there in rank. He won a he won an eighty challenger. That's actually he beat. <laughs> he didn't lose a set in a challenger. He's kicking ass. We should be seeing. We should be seeing his name. In the Australian Open draws this year, at least qualifying. Yeah, I think. We'll, oh, I think we'll get through qualifying. I think we'll be in the main draw. Well, he he was in the main draw of U.S. Open. <laughs> Won his first round and played a really good match against Zverev. He lost first round. Did he win the? Did he win qualifying again, or did he win? Uh, go, did he go win Kalamazoo? He won Kalamazoo. Yeah, okay, that's what. <laughs> He's. Oh my God! This guy's. He's oh he lost to Jack Sock. Uh, oh, so he sucks. Yeah, career career over. Yeah, literally. I don't. What is what is Jack Sock ranked right now? Give give me a give me a hundred that that like 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 zero to 100, 101 to two hundred, two hundred and one to three hundred. He's he's gonna be in 
101 to 200. He's 255 right now. Really? And I mean, he won a couple matches in a major last year. I thought he would have been up there. And that's because like they're the only matches he ended up winning. God, he I lost a lot of bets. I lost a lot of money betting against Shaq Sock and Major. He beat Riley Opelka <laughs> in 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 Paris. He beat Pablo Cuevas. Okay, but let's be real here. Opelka is the dollar store version of John Isner. Opelka needs to learn how to like, you know. Also, it's it's tough because he's like seven foot. Again, that's why I call him the dollar store version of John Isner, because he is nine feet tall like John Isner. He is a big surf like John Isner and doesn't move like John Isner. It's like, I feel like I could hold against him. I mean, probably not, but I feel like I wouldn't lose to him 0 and 0 and 0. I feel like I might end up sneak. I would definitely get a point. I would def- I'm not sure if I could get a game, but I would love to see if I could. I would just drop shot him every point. Just make him run to the net. Make him run to the net, but you can't lob him, so you got to like hope to... I feel like he could kill me if I if I brought him to the net though, because he pops like one forty. But the, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, he does have like two strides to get there. But the problem is he has to get to the net. I I I think maybe if I got him mad, I could get a game. If I got him pissed off that he's about to lose to a scrub, then I think maybe I could, maybe a game. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm looking forward to tennis season, but I think we should wrap up our listeners from listening to our fanboy rant. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the 11th episode of the Drop It Is podcast. Again, my name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with my co-host, Frank Todd. And Frank, any last words? The Eagles are the disgrace to professional sports. You're here first. All right. See you guys later. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Dropadoos podcast. My name is Daniel Keenis. I am here with Frank Todd. Frank, how has your new year been? Horrible. I mean, are you lost? How can that be horrible? I, I, I refuse to talk about that on today's podcast. I agree with that decision. I just had to state that out right now. I mean, when you start with when your year starts with that and losing a lot of money on Clemson, how can you say it's been a good year? I absolutely agree with that. Uh, but you know any, Let's jump right into that Clemson game. I don't know how to describe it. I it, That happened four days ago, and I'm still confused about how Ohio State dominated who I thought was the best team in the nation. It was shocking, and I, I got to say this. It was a domination. I think ejecting the uh, Clemson linebacker for targeting is one of the worst calls in college football history. I will die on that was not targeting. Clemson has gotten screwed over in both of the Ohio State games in the previous two years. They've gotten screwed oh, they, over. Same. It's actually the same guy. He got ejected in the he got ejected in the same game last year. I think there's a conspiracy. There has to be. I can't. Re- I'm gonna be completely honest. Not only can I not remember his name, I could not pronounce it to save my life. But he's a very good linebacker. He's gonna be a very high pick. And ejecting him for that targeting call was horrendous. If you you can, I've watched the club hundreds of times. Justin Fields spun into him. If Fields doesn't spin into him, it's a clean hit. Nothing happens. This is Fields' fault. Get him. I don't. I don't even know anymore. Um, but the fact that Justin Fields played the best game of his career after taking what seemed to be two steroid shots. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, how he came back in after that hit and then dominated their defense, I would, I would never understand. Great performance by him. Still don't agree with the targeting call, but Gladi is okay. But here's the question, Daniel. So, I mean, if you look at statistics here, Michael Penix threw for more touchdowns and more yards against Clemson. Michael Penix, number one overall pick? Yeah, I think so. Well, my my main deal with 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 starting quarterback of the Indiana Hoosiers, Michael Penix Jr., is the fact that he is he's great, but he's so injury prone. So I don't think. Well, I mean, he's torn the same ACL twice. So obviously, he, he's not going to. He's very injury prone. He's not going to be number one overall pick. I just like making fun of Trevor Lawrence, who is glorious as the greatest college quarterback of all time, I, having a worse performance against this team than Trevor than uh, Michael Penix. He's Trevor Lawrence seems to be a little bit overrated. I understand. He he's still the number one pick, but. Saying that he's better than Andrew Luck or or like Sam Bradford or like or Baker Mayfield, I think I think he's better than Baker and Sam were coming out of school. But I don't think he was better than Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck's been the best quarterback in history. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to lead the Jaguars to a Super Bowl. Well, I mean, I don't think if that you could put uh, the greatest team of all time on the Jaguars. You know, you put could put like a Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. But you can put both Gronk and Tony Gonzalez on there, give them the best line of all time, and they still win and win the Super Bowl because it's the Jaguars. It's, the Jaguars host Super Bowls. They don't they have, <laughs> they don't play. have you ever watched the TV show The Good Place? I love the Good Place. Okay, so I'm rewatching it right now to watch the last season. I mean, they make a lot of jokes about it, and they're right. The Jaguars aren't meant to be good. It Bortles. doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. The Jaguars are not meant to be good. I, I I wish them the best. I really do. I just don't understand how or why they're a franchise. I think they're gonna. I think they'll probably end up moving. I, I. We'll talk more about the Jaguars in the NFL content because there's a lot to talk about there. First, let's talk about the Alabama Notre Dame game. Because I mean, was that even a game? No, but I mean Notre Dame with the backdoor cover in the last minute, garbage time, pissed off everybody. They knew everybody knew. Oh my god, I I think I, I think I looked at the S and P on that, and I follow uh, Bill Collin. He's a really good follow on Twitter, and he kind of predicts all these games and kind of predicts what the score should be based off of the stats of that game or like the historic stats. And the, the, the historic stats said that Alabama should have won that game by 33. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me. So, I mean, if you watched the game, it was clear Alabama was dominating. But the big the only storyline to talk about here is how it affected gambling. Because otherwise it was a boring game. So the first half line was Alabama minus 11 and a half, which I had. And Notre Dame missed a field goal that allowed them to not cover that spread. So the gamblers <laughs> were pissed about that. And at the end of the game, Notre Dame scores a meaningless touchdown to cover the full game spread. Okay, so gamblers also, were pissed also, about that. You, you know, All Notre Dame did in this game was piss off gamblers. Okay, I think the, the, the thing that's most interesting about gambling, and especially in college, is every single person on that team knows the line. Every single oh, yeah. goddamn person. <laughs> I'm... It's it's hard not to with it being so prominent. So of course, um, I I was talking to a college football player a couple of years ago, and they were playing in a game, and I'm not gonna name names or name teams. Um, but yeah, they were they were, they were playing in a game, and 
they could either go for it on fourth down to seal the game up nine or kick a field goal with a minute left to be up 12 when the line was 11. And guess what they did? Kicked field goal. You they have kicked to. the field goal to cover the spread. Um, I love that. I love when teams help you out like that. That's what teams should they do. Be and I think, I think that's the main thing about gambling is that there is a lot of they, these guys are humans too. They're not blacking out the media. They talk to the media all the time. They will watch ESPN or Fox Sports 1, which show lines of their games. Obviously, they know how much they're supposed to win by. And I think, honestly, that might take a toll on them or it might motivate certain teams too. Well, again, again we'll talk about the Georgia-Cincinnati game for a second here in the same aspect. This was a great battle all the way to the end. Something a little fishy here. Cincinnati did not look like they were pulling the same level of football in the fourth quarter and later in the third as they were in the first uh, first half. Maybe they got a little tired. Who knows? I but think Georgia... there's also called halftime adjustments too. Well, yeah, but I mean, even then, if you look at the start of the third quarter, that's why I'm very. That's why I say they may have just gotten tired. Cause, I mean, their first drive of the they may have gotten second half. Too. They might have was gotten a two, really tired. Was a two play seventy five yard touchdown drive, and then after that, they went way downhill yeah i think they might have gotten tense because they're like oh shit we can beat a a sec powerhouse that we might be we have a chance to beat the number nine because like their biggest win outside of the year was against tulsa like whoop de here, so here's the thing but besides your bowl games there's not really much to talk about texas m dominated iowa state dominated so i want to move on to the i want to move on with cincinnati here to the playoff committee, who still looks like a joke. Cincinnati did what everyone expected them to do. They took Georgia to the wire. Probably should have won that game. And, I mean, other than that, you could say the committee was, quote, unquote, vindicated, kind of, because Indiana and Coastal Carolina lost. But I don't agree with that take here because anyone was beating Oregon. Oregon sucks. They only got a New Year 6 and even a bowl game because of an automatic tie-in. They shouldn't have gotten a bowl a joke. game. They, yeah, the yeah. teams that lose to Cal and Washington and yeah. and everybody. Uh, North Carolina got killed by AM. They got a New Year 6 because of tie-ins. So I think I've, I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before, but I'm going to say it again. If you're not going to have all the tie-ins present for the pet New Year Six, you need to get rid of them. There was so what a I mean big by that is in for the New Year Six. I thought I was, was about to get in. I was about to get into that. They're supposed to be a Big Ten tie-in in the Rose Bowl, but the Rose Bowl was a playoff game this year, which meant the Big Ten did not get a bid to an automatic bid to New Year Six. Which is bullshit. If you're going to take away, yeah, if you're going to take away a bid from a conference, you have to guarantee them an automatic bid to somewhere else because that's the right thing to do. Now the other option is just get rid of automatic tie-ins. Give the best teams bowl games. Because then we don't have to get these shitty teams like Oregon in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think there should be a 12-team playoff. And I... Well, tw- I wouldn't do 12. I would do eight just because keep it. That way, knowing it's an extra bye week. Well, keep yeah. All yeah top, top, top four teams get an extra bye week. Uh, five through 12 play each other, which would be awesome. Um Oh, I want that so. Bad. I would rather do an. Here's thing: is I'd rather do an 18 playoff than that. I don't want to give Alabama's and Clemson more rest than a team than a team like Cincinnati. Well, well, you know what's interesting is that this that college football, almost a century later, is following the same trend as the college basketball tournament. So obviously, we all know that March Madness is 68 teams right now, and. 
for the longest time, they used to just have a, a small, like, this is like the 1910s or something. They used to have one, like, one national champion or, like, a national championship game. Then they had four, like, a four-team playoff. And then five years later, when, like, every team was getting pissed, then went to eight and then 16 and then 32 up until 1985. And then 1985, it moved to 64. I think we're going to start seeing the same thing where I, where you can't jump it from – four to 16 but i definitely think you can jump from four to eight here pretty soon i think that when the contract is the current tv contract and everything is up we'll see that jump because it will just make sense to happen you need to have these serious things if you don't have an 18 playoff then why is the group of five even competing in this part of the football let them make their own division because the group of five has no shot at a playoff they will never get it they will, the only team not in a power five who will ever get a playoff bid Notre Dame. is Notre Dame. Because, I mean, and I mean, I, I put air quotes around not in a power five because they're in the ACC. It's a joke that they're not in the ACC for football. They, they are. They are. But, like, they they do it because of their, their NBC contract, which might expire. Yeah. But, you know, that that's I not, understand. That's I mean, I understand why they do it. It's still a joke. Like, if you're going to join the ACC, join the ACC. It's... I mean, I, I guess because you could you could make I guess because they don't have to share their money because same thing like we saw with the Big Ten they wanted a team in the in the actually the Big Ten might be a little bit vindicated here too for like trying to force their way into the um, college football playoff by fucking over Indiana. But the Big Ten is vindicated in the sense that Ohio State belonged in the playoff. It's not ever going to be vindicated for its treatment of Indiana and to a lesser percent Northwestern. Northwestern two got, schools, and, nope, and nobody's talking about Northwestern. That's why that's why I threw them in there as a lesser extent because everyone only talked about Indiana, but Northwestern and Indiana got fucked. Northwestern absolutely might have been a fucked. Team. I think with Penix, Northwestern maybe loses to Indiana, but I think without Penix, I think. Northwestern probably would have. I think Northwestern probably would have beaten Indiana. I think the only reason we beat them either way is because we Peyton Ramsey was our quarterback. We know all his tricks. We know everything he does. He's not going to be able to uh, shine us with something that teams don't see every day. We saw everything this kid can do. We know what this kid can do. That's true, but I can't. But it would have been would have been an interesting game. That is true. Um... I fuck. I really want to look up the Indiana football schedule for next year, but we need to save that for a segment later in the year. Because hang want... on, we can. I can get that really quickly. I know we're moving this way. I know we're playing Minnesota because my friend who goes to Minnesota and I were talking about trying to go to that game. So I know we're at least playing Minnesota. I I have it up right now. So do I. <laughs> Iowa. Idaho, Cincinnati, Ooh. Cincinnati at home. That 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 might be a that's top, a game. That might be that's a top. A that's a top twenty five matchup right there. Western least. Kentucky at Western and Kentucky. Then, okay, so then for the Big Ten, we're at Maryland, we're at Michigan, we're home versus Rutgers, we're at Penn State, and then we have home against Ohio State. Michigan State, Minnesota, and then and on the road with at Purdue, like always. They they should change the Purdue game to in a to at IU because we got gypped out of our home game last year. We we probably should, but I mean honestly, right now on paper, I think we have one loss. I mean, we're probably gonna lose Ohio State again just because they're Ohio State. I think we might be able to beat Cincinnati. Honestly, I think we might. We could be an eleven and one team. 
this is a very good team who's going to retain a lot of people because of that extra. So you know about the extra COVID year. Yeah. Right? Oh my God. I've been. I have been. I've I've learned way too much about that. Yeah. So we're going to retain. First of all, we're a young team in general, but I mean, we could retain Ty Fry Fogel and WAP, which is our offense. I think we're keeping WAP. I don't think we're keeping Ty Fry. I think he might. I think Ty Fry. I think Ty Fry stays because everyone. I mean, no one was respecting him still because he goes to Indiana. I think yeah. Even though he won Big Ten Receiver of the Year, I think he's still. Um, I think the the rule goes if you're not a one or two projected pick, don't go because if you're a round three pick, you're not going to get playing time anyway. You're kind of just leaving for money or whatever. I mean, yeah, and Ty's money. gonna Ty's gonna be a three round pick probably because I mean, if you think about it, think about how good this class is. With the Alabama kids, you got LSU and Jamar Chase. You got Rashad Bateman. You got Ronda Moore. But, but, but if he stays he and has another great year, he moves up to like the first round. No, I agree. That's why I think he should stay. Because that because I think it's opportunity cost. You know, economics guys over here. Ha 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 ha. If you stay, or if you if they basically if you take the money, or um, then you then you you could kind of be screwed over and maybe you succeed in the NFL. But if you have another year of just continuing to build your body and get as good as possible and absolutely ball out on Michigan or, or Ohio State again, then it's going to be – you're going to give make yourself so much more money. I don't know. Uh, it's annoying. It's definitely a tough call. I'm going to even see if I can find him – on a wide receiver ranking for the draft class, real quick. I already pulled up CBS's. See where they have him. Because let's see. Okay, one, two, three, four, five. I'm going through a lot of people and I didn't see him yet. But yeah, see, they have him super invaluable. I just passed two week force receivers before I got him, and he's not even on this list. So either people don't respect him or they don't think he's going to the draft. Or yeah, or both. Or both. Also, on this list, Alave is super undervalued. Oh my god. Isn't Chris Alave the second best wide receiver in the nation? Yes, and they haven't ranked 10th. CBS hasn't ranked just a 10th I don't, prospect I don't for wide trust receivers. If, if um, was it um, Devontae Smith? What, yeah. What's the Alabama guy? Devon, there's Devontae Smith, who's going to win the Heisman tonight, and there's Jalen Waddell. Who's hurt, but he's going to be a first round pick. Oh, of course. Uh, um, whatever. Okay, but moving moving on from Indiana. Actually, I want I want to. Yeah, we don't need, we don't need to do the projections let's, just yet. Let's move on. I mean, let's move on to the we, NFL. We can talk about the national. Yeah, let's move on to NFL action. Talk about that because I mean, we could talk about the national championship game, but everyone knows Alabama's going to win. Everyone knows. Alabama's so in the NFL, in the NFL, there's a big stories this weekend about what was going on with the playoffs. Everything came down to the wire. You got the Eagles with the most blatantly throwing game I've ever seen. But they, but they put the in Dolphins. they put in Sudfeld. Congratulations, to Nate him. the Great Sudfeld. Nate the Great Sudfeld. But I mean, yeah, they were not trying to win that game. You have the Dolphins choking away a playoff spot. You have the Colts trying to choke away a playoff spot against Jacksonville, and then you have the Titans trying to choke away the division, and then you have the Cardinals who got screwed over by Kyler Murray and hurt, which is very unfortunate for them. All this was incredible. What what is your take on this? My take is that I don't think the Dolphins choked away a playoff spot. I think they just got their asses handed to them by the Bills. They got their asses handed to them. 
Um, <laughs> Same story, different way. Getting killed, checking a playoff spot. It is. All they had to do been, was... If you have something to play for, you shouldn't lose by 30. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, let's see. What are, what are some of my hot takes from the week? Um, Tennessee got lucky as hell. I literally, you know, I wrote that down to talk about they doinked in a game-winning field goal. Otherwise, they would have lost the division and been playing Buffalo in the first round. Yeah, but they're still playing the Most Ravens. Likely. That's not a gr- that's not a great improvement. I I the mean, Ravens yeah, are the five point favorites the, in that game. Yeah, they're huge favorites. The thing is, both they're both uh, both AC South teams are in trouble because you're both playing teams who are hitting their stride at the right time. It's just a question of do you want to play Josh Allen or do you want to play Lamar Jackson? And both these teams are getting very hot at the very right time. I think we're we're all excited about the playoffs because it is the playoffs and because they're all both teams have something to play for. But if I'm being completely honest, the only good and this I mean this in like the nicest way, all these teams are good, blah blah blah. The only good playoff game is gonna be on Saturday afternoon, Seattle and Los Angeles. That is going to be the I only good playoff game this weekend. I don't necessarily agree with that. I agree. That's I think that good. the Rams and the Titans are going to be a very good game. Or sorry, Ravens and the Titans are going to be a very good I game. I think Ravens blow and the I, Titans out. I think that you're also very much underestimating how good this Washington defense is and how bad the Bucks actually are. No, the Bucks. I actually want to talk about Bucks, this. The... No, you want to know the Bucs here. Let's go over the Bucs' wins. The Bucs did not beat many playoff teams, and they lost all five of their losses are against playoff teams. Let's look at the Bucs' schedule for a second. Panthers, Broncos, Chargers wins. Not playoff teams. They lost to the Bears and the Saints. The Packers are a playoff team. They beat them. Then they beat the Raiders, the Giants, the Panthers again, the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, and the Falcons again. The Bucs have lost to all the good teams they played except the Panthers. The Bucks are not going to. The Bucks are in a lot of trouble because they just aren't that good. Okay, I disagree with that because you're you're talking about wins and losses and not how they won and lost. They beat the Chargers by seven. They beat the Broncos by eighteen. They beat the Panthers by fourteen. Beat the Raiders by twenty five. Beat the number one seed Packers but, by twenty eight. They beat the Giants. Okay, the by Packers two. was a good win, but. Beating the Raiders and beating the Broncos, those aren't good wins. They lost by 35 to the Saints. Yeah, okay. They, they lost by 11 and 35 to the Saints, but then you lose the Chiefs and Rams both by three. By the same those score. Those are actually. good loss. The, Ram, the Rams you should have beaten. The Rams you should not have lost. The Rams have a great defense. But again, in the NFL, you're not expected to go 16-0. and 0. And they, they, they won their last four games of the season all by double digits. But again, look at the competition. The Vikings, horrible. The Falcons, without a coach. The Falcons twice, without a coach. And not a good team. The, I mean, the Lions are the Lions. Come on. They beat, there's three of their last four wins over teams who don't have a coach. The Falcons are not great, but still, beating the Falcons by a ton and Beating the Lions by 40 is a statement win. Beating beating any NFL team by 40 is but a statement lose, win. Lose, sure. Okay, but I have the Lions. Yeah, I don't know. Look at the Jaguars. Do they really count as an NFL team? It's debatable. If you look at the Falcons' wins, though, again, the Falcons are a team that puts up a lot of points, but it has no defense. I mean, they gave up 30 points to Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears. Come on. But but still, they're not losing to the to the Bears. Or they're not—they're not losing to the football team. They're not losing to Washington. 
Well, well, that could be close. Washington, Washington, they're gonna Washington because Tom Brady. Do you do you trust Tom Brady in the playoffs? Yes or no? Yes. Do I trust Tom Brady in the playoffs with with Bruce Arians coaching him? No. But I think I. But still, it's the same thing where it's where it's Bill Belichick's coaching tree. While he has a ton of coaches, um, like doing amazing things over college in the NFL. We completely forget that Tom Brady still retains all that knowledge, and he was with Bill Belichick for 20 years. Um, and you think he's just going to forget all that? You can't just throw it out. He's going to remember that. He's going he's gonna to go back to what works and what he knows works, and that's why I think Tom Brady is going to have a great game. But here's the thing again. Tom, yes, but Tom, the thing is, Tom Brady's not the one making the play, calling the plays right now. Tom Brady, Tom Brady I don't has trust all the Brady. power in the world for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't, but he, yeah, but here's the thing: Leftwich is still going to be calling the plays at the start of the season, at least the start of this game. And I do not trust Leftwich in the playoffs nearly as much as I trust Josh McDaniels. And I know people are starting to turn on Josh McDaniels, and I do not agree with that. Okay, McDaniels is a horrible okay. head coach, but a fantastic OC. Le- Leftwich calls the initial plays, but who calls the final play? Tom Tom Brady. Tom Brady has the power to audible out of any play he does not like. But again, okay, so again, but you look at the Bucks here. Let's look at the Western Conference. Let's look at the let's Western Conference, the NFC. Again, they've lost to a majority of these teams in the playoffs. How can you feel comfortable as the Bucks when you've lost to a majority of the teams in the playoffs on your side? That is actually an interesting point. Uh, but I think you can you can come with that that it's hard to beat a team twice in the NFL. What are the – I mean, the Saints beat them twice. But here's the question. I mean, I, obviously the Bears aren't going to beat them twice. But here's the question. What seed are the Bucks? I'm trying to think of – I'm just trying to play the five. So, yeah, they're going to most likely end up playing the Packers. a team they already – no. Eh, no, I don't think they'll play the Packers. No, they might play I the think Saints. That the Rams, no? It's all going to depend on who wins in these situations. It's, it'd be one four. It'd be one four two three. So they would most likely. It depends on who playing. wins the other two games. They play the Saints most likely. If the Saints and no, if the Saints and the Seahawks no, win. No, they play the Packers. They, they play, play the Packers. Packers. If yeah. they win, they play. Unless the, the Rams or the Bears win. So I mean, bargain us that they're going to get lucky here. But I mean, if the Rams win, they're going to end up playing a team they've already lost to. Either way. The Rams winning still kind of a stretch because the Seahawks are a good. Seahawks aren't playing amazing, but they's still a good ass team. But Cup, here's the we're gonna lead in this. Actually, we're gonna talk about. So I wanted to do Wild Card Weekend, and we were kind of do that. So let's talk about the Rams Seahawks. First of all, that Rams offense actually did not look bad with that, with the, whatever the idiot was at quarterback. They won without Cooper. A Cup. win's a win. I mean, a win's a win. I mean, okay, a win's a win, but there was no Kyler Murray either. But still, I mean, giving up seven points, whether it's to a shitty quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing or or Kyle. Yes, they would have put up more points versus Kyler Murray. But still, I think like if you give up seven points, their defense is the best thing. And putting up 18 points with a horrible quarterback. Hey, hey, hey. this guy's greatest accomplishment is he threw passes to the bachelor. OK, let's give him credit. OK, fair. Um, did you see not? Did you see that on ESPN when they're talking about this game? They don't mention anything about this kid's college career except for like, yeah, one game he threw his career high, and his best receiver was Matt James, who's now the Bachelor. <laughs> Having to hear Adam Schefter talk about that, Adam Schefter talking about that, made my day. <laughs> he threw to a celebrity. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that the Rams are going to beat the Seahawks, honestly. I think it's going to happen. They could. I think the Rams could also make a great playoff run because I think they have a good uh, – they don't have the best chance to beat the Packers, but if they if they're able to slow down the Packers, they have a chance. Um, Again, we've talked about before. The Seahawks defense might have gotten better. It's still just it's not good enough to make up for in the playoffs. You can make up for these bad losses in the regular season, or whatever. You can't make up for a lack of a defense in the playoffs. It will get exposed very quickly. And then there's nothing really to talk about in the Saints Bears. I I don't think that's going to be a great game. I mean, with the exception of maybe the Rams and Seahawks, and maybe the Bucks, maybe the Bucks, and maybe the Titans, which is half the games, we agree that the Colts with the Colts Bills game, Saints Bears games, and Steelers Brown game is just gonna be chalk, right? Favorites dominating. Well, I mean, the Bears. The entire Browns. The entire Browns team has COVID, by the way. Otherwise, they would have a shot. But their entire team. Yeah, has Browns COVID, are they don't not gonna. They 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 <laughs> might not even play on Sunday. Yeah, their entire team is COVID. They don't have a coach. That's unfortunate for the Browns, but it's also the most Browns thing never happened. Yeah, the moment they get to the playoffs. Sorry, guys. Um, you're sick. <laughs> Your entire team has COVID. You can't play. Uh, what? Whatever. I, I wish them the best. And then I guess in the AFC, the AFC doesn't seem like it's going to be. The, the Bills are looking to probably steamroll the Colts. The... Here's what's going to happen. I can tell you the entire AFC right now. The Bills are going to win, and then they're going to end up playing. So the Bills and the Steelers are going to win easily. So then the Steelers will end up playing whoever wins that Tennessee game. Or no, sorry. They'll end up playing each other, and whoever wins that Tennessee game will play Kansas City. The Bills and Kansas City will both, again, dominate, and then they'll play each other in a shootout in Kansas City. That's just how it's that's gonna, gonna be. A, that's gonna be, I'm going to sit down and enjoy that entire game. Yeah, the AFC is not going to have anything interesting happening except maybe the maybe the Ravens being the Titans. There's not going to be anything interesting yeah. here. This Steelers team has proven their way were way overrated when they end up losing four of their last five games. Sorry, three of the last four. We'll throw out the last. If the Browns, if the Browns end up beating the Steelers, I'm not sure what I'll do, but I will freak out. I will. If the Browns beat the Steelers with no coach, that'll be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the NFL. Like, the Browns, no say the, then the Browns end up playing. Like, what's your reward for beating the Steelers? Oh, you got to go get to go play Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead. But here's the game again. Here's the thing: that wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing in the world for the Browns because let's be honest here. Before he had Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid has choked a lot. But you know what? He has a Super Bowl. Yeah, he does now. But the question is, can Andy Reid get out of his own way and stop from choking? Yeah, uh, yeah but when you have, I guess when you have a Super, a super Bowl winning quarterback, well, yeah. you have a superstar quarterback. When you have Patrick Mahomes, it's a lot easier. But the question, but again, I don't know. I just always think Andy Reid's going to choke something. So now, we haven't talked about it enough, and I'd be very upset with myself if we didn't talk about this. The Eagles are a disgrace to the NFL. The Eagles make me sad. The Eagles are a disgrace to the NFL. That There is no argument from anyone that they weren't trying to throw that game last night or Sunday night. There is no way you could say that when you take out Jalen Hurts. Even if he was struggling, he had two touchdown drives. And you take him out. Come on. Well, I mean, I guess he hadn't done much in that third quarter. But you have to assume he's going to... Give him at least a first down. Nate Sudfeld had 
Well, no pass. They let him. T- I don't think it's fair to say to Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah, he struggled, but he also led them to a goal line strive. And instead of tying the game up, they decided to go for it. I, I'm looking up his. I'm I'm looking up Nate Sudfeld's stats right now because I, well, awful. Oh, they're just he's horrible. Um, Listen, Nate Sudfeld Sudfeld always have a special place in my heart for being an IU quarterback, but he sucks. Nate Sudfeld went. Five for twelve for thirty-two yards, had two sacks with an interception and a fumble. An interception and a fumble, and okay, that interception was a deep throw. It was basically a punt, but still, um, his quarterback rating was two point four. His quarterback rating was two point four. That is so low. That is so bad. Oh my lord, that is one of the worst. I don't like you know what Aaron Rodgers is um you know what his QBR is most of the time 90 Yeah it was a tough night I don't want to rant about the NFL anymore because I could go on for hours and there's one very specific storyline I want to talk about in college basketball that just made me laugh today so I'd say let's get into our let's do our sponsored segment and let's come back and talk a little college basketball All right sounds good 